1: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Travelcast, episode 452. The Travelcast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. All right, what a week, what a week, what are we? I mean, really, what are we? Humans, right? Nothing weirder or more complex than that. No more explanation or investigation needed there. Humans, plain and simple. Sure, I don't think most of us would disagree with the human part there, aside from perhaps the silent majority of lizard people out there, but what else are we? There's perhaps plenty of room to color outside the lines on this topic, or inside the lines, depending on how you see it. What if you can't see it, though? What if the shapes the lines form don't make any sense from where you're standing? How do you know where to color? Or why color anything in the first place? What in the world am I even talking about? Exactly. See, now you're starting to get it. Let's hit a hundred-word story, now that we're on the same page about all this. Drabbles are bite-sized stories, exactly 100 words. So I started writing Drabbles for fun, gah, forever ago, just as kind of a low commitment way to exercise some sort of creativity to get me in the mood, whenever I might be dragging my feet about writing some music or a longer story or something. The cool thing about writing drabbles, though, is that even though they're short, they still walk you through all the steps of storycraft, starting with sitting down and actually getting something made, and ending with that moment of, wow, that actually came together, kind of. That's actually a story, and not a bad one, if you do say so yourself, you cocky bastard. From there, you're in the mood, and you got a little confidence, and you're on the course already, so why don't you go ahead and play a round of Nine. I also love reading Drabbles, because I'm of the opinion that there are a lot more creative people out there than we sometimes imagine. But the longer a thing is, the more involved in the craft of it you get, the more opportunity there is for you to be unhappy with it, or stumble over some issues and just kind of give up on it, or yourself. Drabbles have a low cost of entry, both in terms of the reading and the writing, which is why I think the Drabble section in our discussion forums at forums.drabblecast.org is such a treasure to peruse through and participate in. I'm looking at it now, and there are 3,479 drabbles in there as of today. The last one written just this morning, Friday, October 8th, and the first one going back all the way to 2008. Hundreds upon hundreds of Drabblecast fans and weirdos, just like yourself, have contributed stories over the years. It's a total ongoing treasure trove of bizarre, disturbing, hilarious hundred-word stories, and it's dying to have you be a part of it. Head over to forums.drabblecast.org and join in, read a couple for inspiration perhaps if you need it, and give it a go, poster up, great community there, very supportive of one another. You'll feel good, and isn't that the point of absolutely everything at the end of the day? Sure it is. And here's a good one for you, our Drabble this week, by so-called from our forums. This is their second story from what I can tell, and it's called Identity. Here goes. My eyes are open, but I can't see anything. The world is a blur of color, and I can't tell what is real and what is not. I hear the buzzing of a fly, the rustle of leaves in the wind, but can't tell which is which. I taste the blood in my mouth but I can't tell if it is mine or someone else's. My hand reaches up to brush at my hair and encounters something, something that isn't me. I am not me. I hear a woman screaming and screaming and screaming. I really hope that isn't me. feature story this week is a Drabblecast original by Michael Peel called Watch Anya Bloom. Michael's fictions appeared in The Cemetery, Not One of Us, and Buck Off magazine. He's written for Motherboard, Vice's Science and Technology section, and wrote the theatrical adaptation of Travis Betts' cult horror romance, Low. The story is read to you by the fantastic Iba Armankus and produced by Drablecast guest producer Adam Pratt. So, without further ado, we bring you Watch Anya Bloom. By Michael Peel.
0: Watch Anya Bloom. By Michael Peel. Read... By Anya Bloom showered, slept, and showered again. Yes, she thought, she was beginning to feel human. Exhausted, sure, but human. She popped five Advil and closed the medicine cabinet. There, at the bottom of the mirror in Sharpie, were the words I will be my best self. Anya squeezed the bath mat between her toes, inhaled the lavender scent of her skin and feeling not quite refreshed, but at least somewhat determined, noticed something strange on the mirror. She thought it was a smudge, a thumbprint maybe, from a recent visitor, but she hadn't had one of those since Dan. She wiped the glass. The smudge remained. She wiped again, then noticed when she moved, the smudge moved too. First above my, then best self. She squinted, leaned in, and let out a short cry. A mushroom. There was a mushroom attached to her back. Anya didn't think. She couldn't. She seized the spongy stem and snapped it. Like a portobello, she thought. Anya tucked in her shoulder, craned her neck, and to her horror saw a circle, small and pale, flush with the flesh of her back. Part of the growth was still inside her. She dug, dropped bloody pieces into the sink. Five. Six. Until at last there remained a crater where the mushroom once grew. She observed the mess, the cold pain in her back like a tooth's exposed root, and blacked out. She told no one, booked an appointment with Skingrin's second-best-reviewed dermatologist, and left. No one noticed her slip into the office. It was a Monday, and she had a workflow to complete, two calls to make, and 182 emails to respond to, all before a meeting at 2 p.m. She put on headphones, chose something instrumental, and before she knew it, had entered a sweet, unconscious flow state. Still, she caught strange fragments of conversation. A sunrise hike, yoga, falling asleep on grass. She opened and closed tabs, drafted emails. I will be my best self, she thought. But a copse of tentacle-like grass had grown from between her laptop's keys and wrapped itself around her arms. Anya jolted awake. The office around her buzzed. Just need a change of scenery, she thought. A walk. She stood, left her desk, and headed for the break room. Anya, cried Hector as she entered. How's that platinum paunch? She half-smiled, feeling stupid for not understanding. Hi, Hector, she said. He ate noodles at a nearby table. She got her lunch from the fridge, but she wasn't hungry. Salad, he said. Mm-hmm. Ate so healthy this past weekend, I felt like I needed to load, you know? Totally. If he doesn't speak again, she thought, I can leave. I do feel refreshed, though, he said. Not just food-wise, but spiritually. Anya sighed. She sat. We get so mixed up in work and all this crap that we forget how important it is to get back to nature, you know? To reset and just be
1: with what is.
0: Anya nodded. She'd heard this before. Dan had wanted her to see the outdoors that way, too. The mountains, the trees... And there'd been a time when she wanted that, but people can't change you. Only you can change you. Hector was still talking, but she wasn't listening. Because at the end of the day, the only thing you had was yourself, right? So why the hell was she listening to Hector? All this to say, he went on, you gotta love the yearly retreat. Anya stood, a small victory. Maybe I'll go next year, she said, and moved to leave. Hector tucked in his chin. What? Izzy, a despondent blonde from HR, drifted into the room. Didn't expect to see you, she said. She patted Anya's arm. Me? asked Anya. She didn't think she and Izzy had spoken since Anya was first hired. Izzy put down her lunch and walked away. Did you go out after we got back? asked Hector. You look kind of tired. It took Anya a moment to realize he was talking to her. No, what? So... "'You just went to bed?' he asked. "'No, Hector, I don't understand.' But suddenly, Anya Bloom couldn't remember what she'd done the night before. She'd done laundry, sure, showered, slept, but that was all she had. In fact, she couldn't remember anything since leaving work on Friday three days before. Panic flooded her chest. She stared at her salad and felt a sudden revulsion. "'I guess I would have tried to block out whatever that thing was, too,' said Hector." I can't believe you drank that Anya looked up what did you say I can't believe you drank that so that was it six months of wine on weekends only and she'd had a bender a work happy hour maybe in a low voice she asked how much did I have Hector but he laughed no Anya the creek you drank that nasty creek water and she might have disregarded this as another of his offbeat office jokes had his tone not snagged something in her mind. Anya backed up quickly. Whoa, easy, said Izzy, standing in the doorway. Anyway, what do you think? She held out her phone. Early bird or lo-fi? She switched between filters. Anya didn't notice. In the picture Izzy held, there were six people. Izzy, Hector, Louis, Darlene, Connie, and at the end... Anya Bloom herself, in front, at some cabin somewhere in the woods. Is that me? asked Anya. She hated the outdoors, always had, to which Izzy responded, Whoa, girl, what's that beneath your sweater? Anya Bloom stood in the bathroom. She'd run into Izzy with her hurt shoulder, and now there was something wet seeping through her clothes. She slid off the cardigan, felt like nails on a sunburn. She lifted an arm took off her top. Stars botched her vision. She peeled away the bandage. The crater in her shoulder had grown. It now accommodated a huddled mass of infant mushrooms, which running into Izzy had either bruised or snapped off. She gagged, cleaned the edge with paper towels, and reattached the bandage. She splashed water onto her face. Did she leave the office early on Friday? Yes, she said, water dripping to the porcelain sink top. I took a half day. That's why all the work today. Did she drive with Darlene, Izzy, and Hector? Yes. Did she stay the weekend in a cabin two hours north of the city? Yes, on a pull-out couch. Did she sleep? No. Did she hike the first full day? Yes. Did she lag behind, not having hiked for years, and walk aways alone? Yes. Did she forget a water bottle? Yes. Was the day hot? She nodded. Did she come upon a creek? she nodded. Was there something about the water, the way it spun and shone that seemed to call to her, to make her feel safe? For Christ's sake! And did she finally, against her better judgment, kneel beside the creek, cup the water like an offering, a blessing received, and with trembling hands, much like they were trembling now, lift the water to her lips to drink? Anya was itching her forearms. She stopped. There were spots beneath the skin looked like splinters but they'd come from inside her not out there was an alteration in the air then a change in the cabin pressure she was dying no other explanation suddenly her phone chimed she'd almost forgotten about the appointment the itching got worse in the cab she did everything to ignore it corrected the window height surfed the touchscreen adjusted and readjusted the volume her phone said four more minutes but she could see it now Bloodied fingernails, exposed bone. The car pulled over. Anya leapt out. She buzzed Skin second-best dermatologist's door. Felt a familiar sense of relief. As a teenager, she'd had terrible migraines. She'd become convinced that they were caused by a brain tumor. But, as the doctor finally told her, the cause was dark chocolate. Anya buzzed again. Maybe it would be that simple. Excuse me, said an older woman behind her. Anya stepped aside. "'Dr. Rezesnik?' she asked. "'Dr. Rezesnik is out,' said the woman. "'She won't be in again until September.' The woman walked in and closed the door. Anya checked her phone. Sure enough, she'd made the appointment for next month. She was losing her mind. "'You're okay,' she whispered. "'You're good. Get a hold of yourself.' She needed to catch her breath, to sit for a moment and think. A voice said, "'Anya?' She massaged her temples. "'I will be my best self,' she said. "'I will be my best self.' It was corny, maybe, even trite, but it helped. A hand touched her elbow. Hey, Anya? She jumped. A man stood beside the office. He was in a suit, face ruddy and razor burned. Still, Anya recognized him, even without the beard. Dan, she said. What are you doing here? He pointed at the building. I live here. And she realized why the doctor's picture had been so inviting. It shared a building with Dan's apartment. His voice softened. Everything okay? This wasn't how she'd imagined seeing him again. Not that she'd imagined seeing him again. Their last meeting hadn't gone well. I need to, she said, but stopped, because she suddenly felt something strange swelling in her throat. Hey, do you need to come up? he asked. Anya vomited a fistful of black seeds. The landing smelled like it always had. Dusty, familiar, and with the faintest sour of the landlady's cigarettes. Dan's apartment, however, was entirely new. No takeout containers, no clothes on the floor. Anya didn't recognize the furniture. Where were his hiking boots, his camping bag, his tower of DVDs? But there, in the back corner, was the same sun-faded recliner she'd always sat in. He brought her mouthwash. She swirled and spit into the kitchen sink. "'I have some of that chamomile left,' he said." I don't like it, but... She collapsed into the chair. Chamomile's great. I wasn't saving it, he added quickly. I mean, I was gonna throw it out, but that seemed wasteful, and I figured in case someone never visited... She shook her head. No, no, it's perfect. Something wrong with your arm? he asked. She hadn't realized she was scratching. She pulled down the cardigan sleeve. You're sure it's just food poisoning he asked. That looked kind of, I don't know, wild. Could I stay here for a bit, she asked. I'm sorry if that's weird, but it's been a weird day. She tried to laugh, but yawned instead. Anyway, I didn't mean to come. The kettle whistled. No, no, he said. You just happened to be in the neighborhood. Just need to close my eyes, she said. I understand if you don't believe me, but... Honestly, I just need to rest. Twenty minutes. Tops. Then I'll... I'll go. He set the tea on the coffee table. Okay. He pulled the shades shut. But if I'm not here when you wake up, for God's sake, take the chamomile. She slept within moments, and when she finally woke up, the sun outside gave off a cooler, softer glow. Dust drifted by the window. Anya stretched. Her skull felt looser, her thoughts more clear. What a difference a nap could make. There was a bird song outside the window, a simple thing, just the gentle warbling of a house sparrow, but it made her feel better. She stood, sheet dropping from her shoulders. She'd heard birds in the city before, but not like this. In fact, she didn't think she'd ever listened, like really listened. She pressed her face against the window. It was beautiful, she thought, and as she heard the song, she could have sworn she saw it, too, like finger paints across the sky. She tried to see into the garden below. You were tired, came a voice. Anya started. Dan walked into the kitchen in a t-shirt and boxers. Jesus, Dan, knock, she said. I live here, he yawned and opened a cabinet. You hunker?" She froze. What? I tried to move you to the couch around midnight, but you wouldn't... No, said Anya. No, no, no. She glanced around the floor... I, I need to shower. I I need to change. I need to go. God damn it. Where's my other shoe? Dan put out his hand. Anya, wait. If I leave now, she searched under the chair, be home in 30, take a car, be at work for Anya, he cried. She stopped. He pointed. What's that? She looked. There was a tangle of flowers, yellow and bright, growing from the side of her arm. There were petals on the chair, too, sprinkled around like bits of confetti. Lower down, where Anya had been scratching, the skin was red and irritated, green succulents poking through like re-emerging divers. Dan walked towards her. Anya hit her fingernails. Wait. He brushed his finger against the points. Anya felt a strange pressure inside her arm. He touched the flowers, and when he bent aside the branches, she felt that, too. It's the root, she thought. He gripped a stem. Wait, Dan! He pulled. Not hard, but Anya screamed. It felt like he was peeling away her skin. Dan recoiled. The hell? No, Dan, just listen, okay? But she didn't hear his response, because the bird song. My God, she thought. It was like the Beatles, or Bach, intricate and perfect. It filled the room, a cosmic xylophone that knitted itself from the air around her. The world was changing, she realized. She forgot about the pain, about work, about the skin beneath her nails. "'Has this always been here?' she whispered. "'All along?' Dan clipped away a branch, then another. "'He broke off each mushroom, dry-heaving into the sink, "'and redressed the bandage. "'Then they left. "'There were no trees along the expressway. "'Anya watched the concrete pass below. "'The traffic was light, "'and soon the hospital appeared along the skyline. "'Why not tell someone?' Dan was saying. "'He put on his blinkers. "'Why go to work?' She shrugged. I always go to work. He checked his rear view. It's insane, Anya. Like, truly insane. I know I'm not allowed to judge, but I thought I was the one who... Then, for an instant, there it was. The birdsong. She'd lost it when they'd gotten onto the expressway. But for a moment, she heard it as clearly and thrillingly as her own name whispered. Wait, she said. I mean, I'm that way, he said. Everyone is. We get so focused on one thing or another that we forget what the problem even was to begin with, and instead, go straight. He glanced at her. What? She grabbed the wheel. Go straight. The car swerved. Hey, don't turn. Anya, he tried to laugh. Hey, Anya, he said more seriously. Go straight, she said. He tried to take the wheel back, but couldn't. Wow, okay, I'm not doing this, said Dan, lifting his hands. No way. A car horn blasted. Dan re-entered the lane. The exit passed. Anya released the wheel. After a moment, he said, People don't do that. People don't act like that. Human beings, you know, they talk. They don't just do things. The GPS said, Recalculating. No shit, he muttered. Go five miles, it said. Then take exit 78. Anya closed her eyes. Don't take it, she said. Why? Why not? She didn't know until she said it. Because they can't fix me there. Only I can fix me. And to do that, I've got to go back to where I got it. He laughed. No, we are going to the hospital. Dan, she said what i need is for you to keep driving i know i was fucked up to you the last time i know that but if any bit of you still cares about me any little piece you'll drive you'll do that like a friend would like you said you wanted to be and and you'll help me so they passed exit 78 the exits that followed too anya rolled down the window they'd done this drive before the last time they'd been together She'd resisted, then there they were, trunk full of freezer-dried foods and water jugs. She'd told him again and again how much she hated the outdoors, but he'd insisted. So, later, around the campfire, the whiskey bottle almost empty, she'd said exactly how she felt about him. This time, he'd listened. That was six months ago. And now, here they were again, him driving, her in the passenger seat. It was like nothing had changed, though that wasn't entirely true. She brushed a patch of moss from her pinky. Left, she said. The asphalt turned to dirt, and Dan had to carefully pick his way along the two-track. Here. You sure? He asked. She nodded. She remembered everything now. He parked in the driveway. Anya stepped out, and when she removed the cardigan, yellow flowers sprung up. This isn't real, said Dan. I feel groggy, or like I've had too much coffee. She took his face in hers. She kissed him, felt his breath. She wanted him to know what she was feeling, but he lurched back. The, the hell, he said. There was blood on his lip. She touched her own. Felt like something sharp beneath the skin, moving. Come with me, she said. Nope, he said, shaking his head. Nope, please. You've got a choice here. He was right. She could cross the grass, step over the stone fence, and walk into the woods. Or she could go back and live whatever life was still left to her. She walked. I will be my best self, she thought. She passed beneath the twisted junipers, hoary pines. She passed through dense growths of maple-leaf viburnum and sun-bathed clearings. She felt her heart flutter, her muscles loosen. Light struck her like rain, and with each step she took, the bird song grew. She removed her shoes, felt the grass... The song ran through her like a current and her eyes filled with tears. She thought. The words. They were older than the hills, the mountains, the valleys. They'd been written in the backs of river stones and forgotten long ago. Lost until the water had brought them back up. They'd called to her. She, Anya Bloom. They'd known her by name. There's still a chance for you, they told her. The pond appeared before her. She felt something inside her shifting, making room. It was a strange feeling, but not unpleasant. She walked until the water reached her knees, squeezed the mud beneath her toes. She inhaled the wet, marshy smell of the pond and felt the words moving up from her feet into her stomach, then her chest, then her throat. They would come out like birdsong, she thought, and grinned. She opened her mouth wide, and there was a brief moment of pain, then a fear, but like all things, it didn't last. Dan walked around the pond once twice and finding no sign of Anya sat beneath her the scene was idyllic the tree's trunk reaching out over the water it was strange but beautiful its elegant branches reaching out above him too like tens of loving arms his eyes closed his breathing slowed a dampness fell and after a time Dan slept the sun set a cricket chirped Dan awoke he saw the bundle almost immediately terror gripped him he pushed his way through the grass, mud and filthy water pooling around his wrists. A turtle dove into the blue black. A fox jogged by, then another. But Dan didn't see them. His eyes were fixed on the cardigan, tattered and bright, woven into the tree's roots. He paused and sat back on his heels, and from somewhere high above, a bird sang out, stunning and clear.
1: That was our story. Hope you enjoyed it. Let's close things out with the winning story from our ongoing weekly 100-character story contest by Suomi Nona. Here it is. She said she was in the skin trade and wanted to show us her rack. Now I am dreading my turn, watching as my friend's skin dries. Creepy... 100 character stories, not counting spaces, even smaller. We have a weekly contest in our aforementioned forums at forums.dreblecast.org in the Twabble section. Go ahead while you're over there and write one. You might be next week's winner. We post the winners out early each week on social media, at Dreblecast, on Instagram, Twitter, and such, where you can follow us as well for other good content. Good times. And that's our show this week, folks. Special thanks to our kick-ass episode artist who did our cover art this week, H. Lee Messina. H. Lee's a freelance artist dabbling in digital painting with a background in film and production design. You can find her over on Instagram at the Dutch Spork or at dutchspork.com. Our program this week was brought to you by Bo Kyer, Abby Hilton, Sandro Dell, Tom Baker, Jason Smith, a crawfish named Andy who recently became a crawdad. Fisher, Cameron Howard, Maria Dong, Jason Cavella, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you to be your best self.